Right, just a quickity quickly do today. Lots to get through, so let's start things off with some angry ranting here for a second, okay? So you responded to a Facebook post the other day that really got me going. Uh, it was someone who said, and I quote, Marvel is not for grown-ups. The idea that they should be given any sort of intellectual weight is faintly ludicrous and, comma, I am sure, comma, a sign of the increased infantilization, which was incorrectly spelled, by the way, in the original post, of our society. Can we talk about this for a minute, please? Do you have uh, to say things? Let's keep it to a minute. All right, go on. Um, I don't want to sort of waffle on about this. Uh, first of all, uh, to each as their own. As is your want to do. As is my want to do. Uh, to each their own. Um, everybody has their opinion. If you don't like superhero movies and Marvel movies, then that's great. But I think that people are sort of forcing that opinion on kind of the rest of the world. You know, there's a lot of shaming that goes into into this kind of thing, and it's kind of starting to piss me off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the, you're, of course. you're being shamed for, for enjoying popcorn entertainment. And what was wrong with... There was nothing wrong with enjoying popcorn entertainment, you know, 30 years ago. Well, I mean, it's 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 rather the same reaction that you get when, when you're sitting around a table with people and, and they say, well, what are your hobbies? And you say, I like to play video games. You know, like, people right. look at you funny and they say, oh, that's for kids. Or they, you know, they, they look down and you say, oh, aren't you too old for that sort of thing? Or, you know, and it's like, no, it's, it's one of the most lucrative industries in the world and we're not supposed to enjoy it and it's the same thing like you know marvel is a very wonderfully thought out um you know some of the movies are bum movies but like you know that there's nothing like the feeling that i got when i was watching avengers infinity war and thanos snapped his fingers and i had to wait like a whole like two years or however long it was um yeah however long it was i don't remember it might have been a year. um not sure it felt very long yeah and you know th- and then the the portals thing, and yeah. you know, it was just amazing. And if it makes you feel good, then it makes you feel good. Exactly. I think that, Why um, should I have to say sorry for that? Yeah, I th- I have a hot take on this. Okay, go on. Um, I was in the cinema on opening night here in this country of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is the movie that we're talking about today. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. It, it all connects. It's it? all con- we're like a, a little mini MCU it's right a, here. A well-oiled machine well-oiled over here at What's Our Seat Number, yeah. uh, WOSN <laughs> Radio. So I was in the cinema on opening night, and I was there with an entire cinema completely packed full, and uh, and and they were all sort of like my age. You could tell that they probably had kids at home, and um, you know, the, the lot of us, we all go out to work every day. We work our asses off. We take care of our kids. We have to adult twenty four hours a day, yeah. seven days a week, and for a couple of hours, just to just to be, you know, entertained, infantilized. You know, <laughs> like I mean, what's wrong with that? Why can't why can't the thing is that the previous generation, our parents' generation didn't love to get in touch with their with their child side with the with the child within mm. and our generation seems to have no problem doing that i have a whole collection of pops i have a co- whole collection of comic books i don't feel like i'm a child i have to adult day in day out so why can't i enjoy what i enjoy yeah. and that's how i feel about the mcu it's uh yes the market is oversaturated with superhero movies there are a lot of different genres within the superhero genre which i which i think gives it shades like yeah. different shades 
Um, and and I enjoy that a lot, but there are a lot of movies out there that if you don't like the MCU, then you can go off and watch Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. What about Whiplash came out a few years ago? Yep. Fucking fantastic movie. What about Knives Out? You there's, know what I mean? There's, there's no, no shortage, there's no shortage non-MCU of non-MCU movies. I yeah. think it just goes back to that, and we'll, f- we'll finish with this, because I like having the last word. Mm. It is, is There's this... You know, whenever I was in school and people would ask me, you know, wh- what music do you listen to or what do you like? And you'd say whatever it was it was always, you know, met with an eyebrow raise or something, you know, it's like, it's like, well, now in my, in my sort of thirties, uh, people ask me what I like and then they go, oh, why'd you like that? I go, cause I fucking like it. All right. You yeah, don't have to I listen remember, to it. I remember I was at a party and somebody asked me, this was like years ago when I was like in my early twenties, somebody asked me what, what, who's my favorite director? You're such a film fan. Who's your favorite director? And I said, an early soda this week. Soda. soda. Um, and I said, Steven Spielberg. Um, yeah, and I and I think I reeled off a bunch of other directors as well. And the guy, the guy turned to me, no, no jokes, and he said to me, "You're too mainstream." Ugh, it's such an obvious answer. And I was just like, yeah, but if I like that, then that's I like my that. answer, and I'm why, not going to make it a more impressive be, answer because I'm trying yeah. to impress you. you why should I be posing for you? Yeah, exactly. Fuck weird. I meant fuck fuck what. Fuck, I have fuck to wed. say, this is this is an interesting cold open, considering last week we talked about, uh, you know, stuffing uh, wet wipes back in the packet. Lovely stuff. People are stupid and should fall down open manhole covers. Roll that intro, please. Let's have an episode. Roll that intro, please. Let's have an episode. Roll that intro, please. No, it's let's have an episode. It's let's have... Oh, oh, you are oh, a oh. fucking... Just roll the intro. Let's have an episode. What's our seat number? Hello, and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the podcast that will surely answer the only question you ever need answered in this vast and unfathomable universe. Does someone who can't say the word unfathomable without fucking it up actually deserve your attention? You see, the funny thing about that, Johnny, is that even though I pre-wrote that last bit, I knew I'd fuck it up, because once you get in front of the microphone, werticles don't work anymore. Werticles. (laughs) Anyway, it's just fucked. I'm Simon Gross, a 3D artist and game designer, residential raving lunatic, and 2022's number one vote for most likely to be arrested for swearing at random strangers in the street. With me, as always, is my film-buffing soulmate, actual nose user, and brother, Johnny Gross. Funny story. In 2021, Johnny went to go and see a film in the cinema, and afterwards thought about it a little, and ended up telling me what he thought. More on that story later. Johnny Gross, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You feeling all right this week? I'm feeling just fine. You overcoming something or, or coming down with something? Well, it's usually overcoming something or coming down with something with us. You, uh, we were supposed to record this last week. Yeah. To sort of ride the zeitgeist wave of Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. But unfortunately, you came down with strep. It's not my fault. It's my wife's fault. Okay. So this yeah. week we will be reviewing the new film Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, starring Benedict Smanderbickle, Elizabeth Yakuza Olsen, Benedict Let's Play Street Countdown Wong, and a host of other spoilery actors in spoilery roles. This film also marks the welcome return of Sam Raimi into our superhero lives, and what a return it is. <laughs> What so we're we gonna, just going to cut that whole thing out, what, then. What am I going to do with that? Seriously. <laughs> what am I going to do I with that? Know. We can make it a, uh, a bonus. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, 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 just for those of you who are still with us, 
Um, I made up a game and it was called Ear. That's my voice, you tosser. Um, and uh, and it's basically a game where I had flashcards with like quotes on them, and underneath each quote there was the name of an actor who has nothing to do with that movie. And Johnny, who's actually very very good at impressions, um, I'm just, really not. He just completely fell to pieces. <laughs> anyway, so we've cut that out of the episode. Um, but we are going to upload it as a bonus thing to the Facebook page. Um, so enjoy that. Um, but unfortunately, ear, that's my voice, you tosser, is not going to be in today's episode. It's hit the cutting room floor. Okay. And by the way, it's not, for, it's not because I'm not good at coming up with games. It's because Johnny is bad at um, cooperating. Go on. I take full responsibility. It's now time to visit the news desk for some... Movie news. Well, today on Movie News, uh, another Netflix tidbit. Ah, uh, yeah, I Netflix, heard about this as well. Yes, Netflix begs subscribers to stay by offering new season of Cobra Kai early. What do you think of that? I think that much like people who can do impressions but don't participate in impression games, um, Netflix is floundering a little bit. Um, it's sort of... Uh, you can put that look away and shove it up your uh, corn pocket. <laughs> um, so... Basically, I, I think that the, I, I read that what they're going to do is that by the end of 2022, there's going to be like a lower tier or something where there's yeah. ads. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Shosh and I are already talking about moving to Disney Plus. Um, when are they bringing a, Disney Plus here? I, I don't know, but probably by the time the ads come to Netflix, it'll right. be a fortuitous uh, coinciding of things. Right. Continue. Um, well, I think it's good for us. Because we want the next season of Cobra Kai. Or I, I I'm not watching Cobra Kai. I'm, I'm not, not interested Kai. enough. I, mean, I, like I, I wonder what else we can threaten Netflix into doing. Um, giving us Stranger Things instead of dangling it in front of us like, <laughs> you know, meat. Yes. Okay. Uh, the new Doctor Who has been revealed. Sex yes. Education star Nshuti Gatwa will I'm replace so Jodie Whittaker. I'm so happy with that casting. I'm happy with that I casting. Love him. I love that's going to be good. Um, and while we were seeing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, there premiered a very long-awaited trailer uh, before the movie of Avatar, The Way of Water. What do we think of that? Does it make you care? What do you think of that, Johnny? Because I honestly couldn't give a flying toss. It looked like planet Earth to me, with blue <laughs> people. It just like... Not to take away from the amount of hard work that goes into making a movie like that and making things look as realistic as they do underwater and with hair moving like that underwater and like, you know, droplets rolling off of the CG skin and, and all of the fidelity that they've got in there. I didn't like Pocahontas 1 in space. I'm not going to like Pocahontas 2 in space. Right. Do you think they're going to adapt Pocahontas 2 this time? No, because as my friend said to me today, because I said this exact same thing, uh -huh. uh, and he said... Wasn't Pocahontas 2 that she went to England? How would they do that? And I was like, oh, they have to, Navi would have to go to Earth or something. There are now two petitions demanding Disney rehire Johnny Depp for Pirate 6. A four-year-old change.org petition has been resurrected by fans of Johnny Depp and calls for Disney to rehire the actor because the, apparently the franchise will sink and quote-unquote will never be able to reach that horizon without Depp's Jack Sparrow being part of the story. Titled, We Want Johnny Depp Back as Captain Jack Sparrow, the petition has already amassed over 800,000 oh, signatures. 800,000 signatures! Are there 800,000 people with very little to do in their lives? Um, it is the second petition to be revived after a 2020 petition simply titled, 
Justice for Johnny Depp, was brought back at the start of May 2022. The petition from 2020 is just shy of 600,000 signatures. But um, he Are actually, they the same people? Uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but there's uh, 200,000 people not accounted for. Where are you? Right. Um, but he did say they wouldn't, like, he wouldn't come back if they, even if they paid him alpacas or something like that. I don't know. Is that what he said? He's such something, a weird about alpacas. No, but it was Rottenborn that said something about alpacas and then... Right. Um, and then Johnny Depp leaving the courthouse said something about uh, alpacas. I don't know. You know, we've talked about this before, of like the court of public opinion and fans having any say in what goes on in Hollywood. And, you know, I I say it about negative things and I say it about, you know, positive, uh, quote-unquote, bringing someone back to a role after they've been fired. Like, I don't think that we should have any say in what goes on in Hollywood. And, And, you know, I think that Jack Sparrow should have ended his, you know tenure after the third movie yeah and they shouldn't have made more movies but you know what i have completely and utterly lost interest in this in the middle of talking about it right so let's move on and that was movie news there's a little bit of uh, movie news for you there i've come up with a new game that may or may not make the cut <laughs> why because you think that i'm gonna crumble like a flan in a cupboard like you did it's very very possible okay um so uh, i will try to withstand what you throw at me <laughs> this one is called yo bastard six degrees of killing sean bean and here's the jingle ah! 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 you stupid bastard <laughs> Okay, so I have an actor generator here, Mm -hmm. and uh, what you need to do, (laughs) we'll do a round each, so it's not just you looking stupid, it's me too. And the actors are random, so there's absolutely no way of me knowing who's coming up, and I have not pre-planned this. Okay, Um, What you have to do is connect that actor in six degrees, or less, of killing Sean Bean to an actor who has killed Sean Bean in a movie. And I have here a list of movies that you, I'm going to read off to you. Can you give an example? I, I will give an example. I have here a list of movies to make it easier in which Sean Bean has been murdered. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, we can, so we have like a, an anchor point to make it just a little bit easier. All Otherwise, right. this could go on for ages. Okay. Um, so I found Bill Murray. Okay. Okay. So Bill Murray was uh, cameoed in, uh, in Zombieland with Woody Harrelson. Okay. And uh, Woody Harrelson was in uh, After the Sunset with Pierce Brosnan, who Pierce killed, Brosnan Sean, killed Bean Sean Bean in Goldeneye. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm never going to get this. This is this is like lateral thinking that my brain can't do it at any hour, let alone right now. Okay. Okay. So um, I, I can give you a list. We got Goldeneye, Pierce Brosnan, obviously. Patriot Games, mm-hmm. uh, Harrison Ford killed, uh, killed Sean yeah, Bean. Yeah, yeah. The Island, I'm sure it was Ewan McGregor, but I don't remember, yeah. so we'll just use Ewan McGregor then. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Um, I, an orc. An orc. Yeah. Wow, so, that's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's say that, that, uh, that Christopher Lee killed, uh, killed Sean Bean because oh, okay. he commands the orcs. All right. Okay? The Game- Orukai. Okay, yes. Game of Thrones, uh, we'll say it's Jack Gleason. Okay, so okay. you can use Christian Bale for that because he was in uh, Batman Begins. Sure, sure, sure. Equilibrium is also Christian Bale. There mm-hmm. you go. Um, and uh, Don't Say a Word, which I'm assuming is Michael Douglas. I haven't seen that in a long Here's time. Here's the thing: well. is that you've only named like what five movies out of seventeen. Yeah. There's a lot that he's more. Been in. There's a lot more, but some of them we haven't seen. I right. Haven't okay. Seen. Um, so off you go, and I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put a timer on this. Oh no! Otherwise, yeah, that's even worse. Yep, 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 yep. Otherwise, this in the will... background, not now, but like uh, in post. You're going to put in like a. 
Yep. Ah, yep, yep. fuck me. You have a minute and a half to solve this. Okay, okay. Give me the name of the actor. The name of the actor is one Guy Pierce. And your time starts now. Okay, Guy Pierce. Uh, who was. Ah, oh, fuck, this is terrible. <laughs> okay, hang on. What movies was Guy Pierce in? Okay, uh, he was with Carrie Ann Moss uh, in Memento, um, who was with. I'm sure someone in one of these other movies. Fuck me. Hang on. Shush. Have you got it already? No. I have absolutely no idea. This I was thinking be like Memento. Me. Um, yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, Christian Bale? I don't know. No. Wait. You can was... you can use Christian Bale. Wait a minute. <laughs> Guy Pierce was with Christian Bale in something, right? Yeah. I'm not fucking around. Uh, he might have been. No, wait. It was an LA Confidential with Russell Crowe. This is horrible. This is really hard. <laughs> Why would you do this? I this don't know. This the same I, I thing as what myself. I did to you. I, I did something I think you can do. <laughs> I can't do it though. It's the timer as well. Like my yeah. mind's gone blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hang on. Who else was in that fucking film? <laughs> okay. But let's try Counter with Christo, right? Okay, so w- was was Pierce Brosnan with Mel Gibson in anything? <laughs> Your time is up, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> let's see if you can do any better. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> that, is, that, was terrible. <laughs> that is really funny. It's really difficult. Okay. That is really hard. You could not have picked anything more. Okay. More like out there and difficult. Like six degrees to who killed him in this movie. Right. Who's okay, the actor I got? I got Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay, um, my time starts now. Okay, so I'm thinking Tom Cruise, uh, Jack Nicholson maybe? Is Jack Nicholson with Harrison Ford in anything? With Pierce Brosnan in anything? Uh, with Ewan McGregor in anything? Okay, Tom Cruise to Ewan McGregor. Tom Cruise, uh, Ben Stiller? No. Fuck me. Um, okay, I'm getting flustered. Tom Cruise. Oh, I got it. No, you mm-hmm. did not. I did. Fuck me. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Batman 89. No, yes. Batman 89. Wait, give me a pen. Let me see if I got it. The, give me the pen. Give me the pen. Give me the pen. No, no, no. Oh, the pen. Pen. The pen. Michael Keaton. Okay. Hang Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. What the fuck is Harrison Ford? Michael Keaton in Batman Returns with Michelle Pfeiffer, who was in What Lies Beneath with Harrison Ford, who killed Sean Bean in fucking Patriot Games. You crafty little bastard. Yeah, boy. 33 seconds left on the clock. I got it. No, I didn't get it. Fuck it. I got it. <laughs> I got the one Okay, give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> I didn't realize what my brain was working on. <laughs> Can we just like give me some props here that I got mine with 33 seconds to spare? 33 seconds. That was very good. <laughs> okay. But it's just. <laughs> okay, this hasn't happened in a very long time, ladies and gentlemen, but Sai has completely lost it. If you could see him right now, he's in front of me and he's gone beetroot red and he's crying. He's literally (laughs) crying. 
Okay. Are you? Are you got? Have you got this? Are you? Are you Here's sorted? Here's the thing. Okay. When there's a timer, when yeah. there's a timer, yes. Right. There's a lot of pressure. When it's <laughs> right. off, your brain can do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I got Guy Pierce to. <laughs> Tom Cruise actually. Oh Guy no. <laughs> <laughs> which, got, works, which works with yours. You, you got Guy Pierce to Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's not even the challenge. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Well, that was Yo Bastard and <laughs> Six Degrees of Killing Sean Bean. You stupid bastard. Oh, I could play that again. That was fun. <laughs> it's like my brain just panicked. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was fun. Do you have any context for Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness? Aside from the first Doctor Strange, let's talk about childhood. Did uh, you ever read any Doctor so, Strange? Yeah. Doctor Strange is one of those um, characters who I never owned any of the comic books, but he showed up frequently in my Spider-Man comic books. Right. Um, and I always thought he was a super dope character. Like, I, I, I used to love... because. All of the hand movements that you see Doctor Strange and the other uh, sorcerers make in the movies, um, freeze frame on any of those and you can probably connect them to a panel in a comic book. Like, there's a lot of, like, cool, you know, wizardy hand movements that they make in in the comic books. And there was one where where he helped Spider-Man go into the astral plane to to fight, like, an astral projecting uh, criminal... Um, and then uh, Spider-Man got stuck there. It was it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and and a few others where like reality was destroyed, and Dormammu shows up in that comic book, and it's you know, a bargain. And I thought that was really really cool. And obviously to see Dormammu then in the in the first movie was was awesome. Um, I also had uh, a, a top trumps uh, with. Okay, so here's the uh, if anybody watched our minisode from the field, uh, if you put yourself on through the that. Facebook page. On the Facebook. No, no. On the Facebook page. On the Facebook like page. Like a normal person yes, says it. <laughs> indeed. Um, I said Doctor Strange in a very bad Scottish accent. Do you want to explain to the listeners why I did that? I can't, because I still don't understand why you did it originally. <laughs> okay, well, it can you describe we were... the scenario? So, the scenario is... Picture this. That I bought, or our parents bought me um, Top Trumps when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, you know, they saw Spider-Man on it. They know that I like Spider-Man, so they, you know, they bought it for me. And it was all the Marvel characters. Um, and one of the cards was... And one of the cards was... Doctor Strange. And so I was looking through them, and Johnny was reading um, reading them off over my shoulder in this odd Scottish accent <laughs> that sounded mildly bored with himself <laughs> and with everything around him. And he kept on just after that, after we had finished, and a long past, and then into the years afterwards. At context, like, how old were we? Oh, I, I don't know. I was, like, 11. Right, okay, so... Right? Yeah. Uh, you were seven and a half years older than me as you are now, and probably should have known better. But anyway, like... like so what, was like I, like, whole, 18? <laughs> the whole way, just, like, until now, just every time the word Doctor Strange comes up... Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. So, yeah. yeah now, every time all of w- you hear the name, that's what you're going to hear. Well, don't give yourself that much credit. Or me that much credit. I wasn't no. giving myself any credit. I was giving you credit. You're well, welcome. I don't give myself any credit. Um, yeah, so that, that's my context for Doctor Strange. That's the first time I ever heard of the character was um, was in those top drops. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Okay. And that that's it. Like I didn't really learn anything from that because I was just reading a okay, so, Scottish accent. So so my question for you is did you enjoy the first movie? I've since come around on it. Uh but I it was when when did it come out in the uh in the MCU sort of it continuity? Was, um right before Thor Ragnarok roundabout. Okay. So We'd already had Thor, we'd already had Iron Man and Incredible Hulk and all that stuff. It was phase two already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I when I first saw it, it opens with that big sort of action set piece. The, the mirror world. The mirror world, lots of CGI, lots of sorcery, etc., etc. And I just thought, if you're going to bring a character in from the real world, he's a surgeon. He's nothing to do with Marvel. He's nothing to do with Avengers. Nothing yet. He's just a surgeon, that character. And uh, he gets in a car accident, and his hands, his ha- his hands, his hands get all fucked up. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> his hands get all fucked up. And, um, and you know, he, he, however, you know, he gets to Tibet and ends up cooking, hooking up with the, uh, cooking up. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm killing this tonight. This is awesome. This is why we do we this both, during the day. No, we fell, a, we <laughs> fell asleep. We, we fell <laughs> I'm sorry. I think, I think the, Sean I Bean think killed Sean you. Sean Bean <laughs> broke the podcast. <laughs> You stupid bastard! Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah. So the, all of that, like, I, I like, I like the origin story, but I just thought that the sorcery should have come in a little bit later to establish the real world yeah. instead of just throwing you straight into it. Because I believe Doctor Strange was the first instance of magic in the MCU. Okay, we'd had uh, like incorrect. aliens. In, what do you mean incorrect? We Wanda. Had, Okay, okay, but she's like sort of um, presented more of a more like more a mutant, of a mutant yeah. yeah, which we'd already seen in the X Men movies, etc., etc. But like Doctor Strange is full on sorcery and trippiness, yeah. and I thought that it should have been led into a little bit. Um, so, okay. so that was my issue with the first movie. Since seeing the movie again, and I did a marathon, I think in around 2018 um, before Endgame, yeah, and and who it, didn't. Who didn't? And I thought that um, watching all of them together, there wasn't a dud among them. Um, even Thor: The Dark World, I enjoyed it, and I think it had it had its place within the continuity because there were things that referred back to um, from Thor: The Dark World. Uh, so I thought I enjoyed all of them when I watched them uh, in in you know all in one, even Iron Man Two, which even I think is uh, is a subpar. Uh, yeah, I'm entry. not a massive fan. Um, it's too long for one thing. They could have cut it down uh, quite a bit. Um, so, so I enjoyed Doctor Strange uh, when I saw it in in 2018, and I thought that the uh, that the way it leads into uh, into the movies after it, which you don't have the uh, the benefit of foresight um, when you watch a movie like that in the cinema. So you don't know what's coming next. You don't know where they're going with it. Um, yeah. So that that definitely gives it an extra like extra color. Um, so I enjoyed it a lot more and I do like the character and I do like Cumberbatch and obviously Benedict Wong was introduced in that movie and he is just brilliant and yeah. we, we've loved him since uh, IT crowd. since the IT crowd since uh, um, Street Countdown yeah and uh, obviously in this movie he, he kicks a lot of ass yeah I really enjoyed the first movie because um, the the idea of sorcerers in the MCU is nothing new to me um, I, I didn't say it was new in terms of uh, in terms comic of the, books. like it, I, talking about the films as a separate entity. You have to because uh, because yeah. it's a different medium. Um, and I thought that at the time, within the continuity yeah. of the films, it should have eased into it just a little bit more. It was an was adaptation that I was 
greatly anticipating mm-hmm. um and i just find his world to be incredibly uh rich and interesting and there's so many you know because you have all sorts of like aliens and monsters and whatnot but when you start dealing with other dimensions and sort of you know gods and stuff and he's multiverse multiversal traversal it it fits right up my corn pocket so i like really enjoyed it (laughs) the first time i watched it when when um you know the the ancient one sort of sends him through his mind and there's that whole trippy psychedelic thing of him flying through like an eyeball and you know it becomes multiple eyeballs It's, it's, it's just crazy and i was like yes this is what Doctor Strange should be. Like, they nail in. Also, Benedict Smanderbickle is a fantastic casting choice. He is a great casting choice, yeah. Um, although I hear a lot of people complaining about his accent. Like, I get it. Um, but, like, it's pretty yeah. fucking good. Like, it doesn't, uh, doesn't, bother it me. doesn't bother me. I thought that maybe they could have um, they could have sort of retconned his backstory a little bit and had him, like, talk like Sherlock. Just just have, use his, his actual accent. Well, have him be British who moved have to him, America. Yeah, have him be British who moved to America in a uh, with a sort of lower register as he does. Because he doesn't talk like that. He talks like this. You know, he's got like this sort of normal voice. And then when and he's, then he's Sherlock. Sherlock, he's a, a lot deeper. And yeah. that's what I thought when I saw the 2016 movie. But since he I've does, kind of I've come around on the accent a little in bit. In the so. comics, he does sort of sound, or, or they portray him, in the comics that I've read anyway, he does sound a little bit more, you know, uptight and whatnot. And that, that would lend itself well to a british accent so, so you know it, it, it lends itself well but i think the idea is that he you know he's a new yorker and he you know he's whatever he's a very arrogant yeah. doctor okay so that's so, the context that's the context movie. so let's move on to dr strange the multiverse of madness uh which is a bit of a mouthful which is where i'm starting my words you just say it again then the multiverse of madness um so uh it, it's it's a, okay as a whole it's a little less trippy than the first movie would you say i would not say you would not say a little less psychedelic um yeah m- more of a leaning towards the horror elements right like, exactly I, I i did i did find the, the, the there's a moment where um you know he's he, he's basically looking after a, a young woman uh who who is a um oh by the way uh here be spoilers um for this movie and everything that's been in the mcu up until now right. tv shows and everything so he, he he's looking after this young woman um and she can move between the different um, right, America Chavez, right, and um, you know, there's a, there's a moment where she um, opens up a portal by accident and pulls him through with her, and they go through all sorts of different universes, and you know, one of them they're made of paint, and in one of them their bodies are coming apart, and it's just brilliant. That's pretty trippy, and that was the stuff I was looking for. I didn't necessarily need the entire movie to be trippy. I, you know, the thing in the first movie uh, with the um, the mirror sort of dimension even even the fight inside the mansion where um you know mads mickelson you know makes the floorboards you know run underneath his feet you know mm-hmm. it's, it's that's trippy there wasn't so much of that there there was more sorcerer on sorcerer sort of fighting going on here okay like, yeah. you know wonder versus uh dr strange and she's like scarlet witch is i have to say elizabeth olsen breaks my heart in this, you know, yeah. in in this movie, in one division, she's amazing. Right. Let's talk about that a sec because um, I remember uh, quite a few people saying uh, when the when the movie first came out a week ago that um, you don't need to see anything before watching this movie. Absolutely, which rubbish. I think is bollocks um, because you can understand that there is in movie um, exposition. Yeah, and you can you can sort of get the gist. 
I think that the emotional payoff of having seen WandaVision and then seeing her progress in this movie into into what she becomes, which is uh, the antagonist of yeah. the movie, which also was kept very a, a very well guarded secret um, uh, f- from the trailers, etc., etc. Um, well, I, I I knew it was. I mean, it was no because I there know. was a uh, there was an idea that perhaps she was going to, and then this was the original plot. I think well, was she that was she gonna was going to she was going to team up with him and then turn bad by the end of it. Um, and she ended up being the uh, the full on protagonist for this uh, the full on antagonist for this movie. And uh, people have complained about it. People think that uh, that the WandaVision arc is uh, undone by her arc in this movie. It's not because um, she ends she ends the series, which I, I don't understand the argument because she ends the series not on a good note. Like she she ends the series uh, flipping with, through the dark with hold. the dark hold, looking yeah. for for universes where her sons might be. Like that that is. You know, and and she sends Agatha Harkness into her own mind, right? Um, you know that, that she's left all of these traumatized people. That that I don't understand. What series are these people watching? Yeah. like I don't understand. It ends on a very, very down note. Like she's sitting there in the ruins, or not ruins. in the ruins, in the ruins, in the in in the hut, right, in the cabin, um, and uh, and she's like sitting there with her cup of tea or coffee or whatever it is that she's drinking. And she looks absolutely fucking miserable. And she goes inside and we find out that she's not really there. She's astral projecting. My microphone almost fell on me. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Projecting. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, the masterstroke of this performance is that I spent the entire time feeling sympathy for her. Yeah. I think as a parent, but also her voice cracks with every single line, even when she's... She's in, in an incredible amount of pain. Even when she's threatening, her voice is cracking. She sounds like she's about to cry. That line from the trailer that you and I both like very yeah. much, where she's saying, you know, when you do something, you know, it's considered you're a hero. Heroic. But, you know, when I do it, I'm the villain. That doesn't, that doesn't seem fair. fair. Right? Yeah. Um, and she says it in such a heartbreaking way, because she, she literally cannot see how what she wants is so bad. Right, right, and and she's it's blinded. It's by, not really. You know. It's just how she's going about it. And there was something that I was talking about with uh, with Shush when we were watching WandaVision. Uh, I think we we're about three quarters of the way through the series, and we d- we discovered that like you know she was you know she was enslaving all these people and and all that. And I'm like, she's she's the monster. Like she's right. the she's the villain. You know, like even and, though even though it was Agatha all along, even though it was Agatha all <laughs> along, but it wasn't really Agatha yeah. you know Agatha Harkness is a is a fantastic character and I, I I love that they did that whole thing um but you know at the end of the day Wanda's doing a lot of bad stuff and you know we're thrown into her shoes and it's very easy to side with her yeah because of how much pain she's been through in the previous movies right Right, which you do need to have seen. By the way, someone said to me um, they haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home and they have to watch this. Uh, they have to watch that before they watch this movie. And I was like, that's not really the required viewing. Like, yes, yeah. you should see it, but One Division is the required viewing. Right. Also, Endgame and Infinity War. Like, you yeah. have to know what she's lost. Like, also Avengers 2. You know, she loses her brother and we also find out that they both lost their parents. And, 
you know, th- th- there's this whole thing where she's uh, she's in lockdown. She's not allowed to leave the the you know. And th- there's yeah. a lot of Avengers Tower. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things or the complex. But you know, she, there's a lot of things that have happened to her, and then she loses this man who she loves, and she goes on this mental breakdown where you know she's enslaved an entire town just to keep up the pretense that everything's hunky dory. Right. Now the thing is, is that Vision is still out there. Um, because yeah. he flies away at the end of, you know, he, his memories are downloaded into this vision clone. Yeah. Um, and he flies away to find himself. Um, like that's, n- and someone's like, why didn't she go looking for him? And it's like, it's, it's not about him. Yeah. It's not about him. It's about the he, kids. he could have turned up to, to sort of talk her down. I think that would have been the easy way out. Um, I don't think that I, I think if they would have not, not the writers. If that would have happened within the continuity of this story, yeah, the dark hold and forgive the the wording here, but it has a hold on her, the right. dark one. Um, and it's you know I don't think that there was any amount of reasoning that he could have had with her, right? But I think it's uh, it's more about like you know losing a child or two children in this case. She conjured them up, but at the same time, she believed they were real. So yeah, they, they, it's it's the it's the thing in the comics as well about House of M, which is a story um, that you know basically involves the X Men, the Avengers, and ba- a lot of the the Marvel characters. Um, where you know she she created she had these children uh, with Vision, and then it turned out that they were just conjured. Um, and what she does is she has a mental breakdown where reality starts like crumbling around her mm-hmm. and she creates a new continuity in which Magneto is the ruler of the world and all the other characters get what they want. Uh, Spider-Man has Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy and eventually they break through this um, this uh, mysterious world that she's created and everybody's very, very traumatized by it. Right, um, because suddenly everything's gone. Because suddenly everything's gone. Right. There's a great panel, and it's 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 heartbreaking. It's you know like uh, Peter Parker is sitting with all the other heroes, and you know he's lost them all over again, and he's just crying. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. He's just sitting there crying. And so, and and the reason I bring this up is because they they didn't do they didn't do a massive M- MCU event over House of M. They did a mini version of it in One Division. Where you know she has this like she she loses vision in in uh, Infinity War and her appearance in Endgame is very short, and so we're given this glimpse into what happens with Wanda's powers when she is able to just do what she wants. She goes off. The other Avengers aren't like you know checking on her, and she kidnaps all these people, and creates this illusion around herself, and then she loses that. Right. It makes a hundred percent sense that she's now the villain. She, but the thing is about Elizabeth Olsen is that she makes her so damn relatable and well, yeah, and you, you don't have to have been a parent in order to um, sympathize with her because it's just about those words that she says. That doesn't seem fair. Like if you have been watching any of the movies with her, and you. Know, you with her just, in them, with not, her not, in them. not with sorry, her on the couch sorry. next to you. Although well, that would, you know, that'd be nice. Um, but like, you know, you, you sort of, you can get it just for, it doesn't matter. Our kids or whatever from losing vision, you don't have to have lost someone either. You don't have to be in a relationship with someone. You know, it, it, it's just a, a terrible thing to, to, I know we're talking about, and this is, this goes into the conversation that we were having at the beginning of the episode where we were talking about, you know, 
Is it infantile? No, it's talking about magic and it's talking about superpowers, but it's it's all wrapped around these very human emotions of, you know, belonging, of wanting to do good, of wanting to be more. Like if you're talking about like Captain America of, you know, wanting to to contribute, you know, and, and, and it's there's there's a lot of different motivations and emotions and you know, like Doctor Strange is also a very interesting sort of turnaround, just his character's turnaround from the first movie from being this arrogant, you know, prick to losing everything to gaining this insight into the universe and using his powers for something else. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. I'm just like, uh, I'm just yeah, saying there's rambling. a lot of relatable um, feelings that go into these movies. It's just that I, I watched her performance and I thought to myself that I wished that that is how they would have handled the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. That I I didn't get enough of Jean Grey in, uh, in X-Men and X-Men 2. And I didn't see the process of her deteriorating and, you know, sort of becoming, you know, going from protagonist to antagonist. Because what they were doing with those movies and, 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 and also in, of, in the new run as well you, you didn't get enough of her at all you got one movie with her it's and very very interesting because Phoenix. because in x-men first class they really set up a great like you know um they, they just set up some great things with uh with the characters of magneto and and xavier all that kind of went to, to shit really didn't it well didn't, days didn't of future past it. was also brilliant yeah. um and, and i and it felt like they were kind of doing what the mcu does which is you know, instead of adapting a comic book, they were adapting characters. Right. Right? Um, and and incorporating elements of the stories that these characters have been in to tell a wider story. Yeah. So, Elizabeth Olsen, thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yeah. I even... Um, Etc. Yeah. I, I even uh, had sympathy for her when she's, um, you know, sort of becoming the, the slasher character you know she's like stalking them yeah she uh she comes through the mirror like kind of backwards like samara out of uh yeah. out of the ring you know all of this kind of all, stuff all she's pennywise she's from the fridge yeah like she's she's proper antagonist she's proper like sort of villain like scary villain as well yeah and, they had um, like a whole thing in the, in the in the tunnels where like you know she's hunting them in one yeah. of the other universes and dr strange is looking through you know, like the the, she's all like the water and whatnot, and then yeah. suddenly she just pops into frame. Yeah. Um. And Shosh was like saying, you know, she really enjoyed the movie when she go, went to go and see it. Right. Um. But she and she also refused to come in and comment on. It. <laughs> she just doesn't want to be on the podcast. Of course not. Um. But she said to me that like you know she didn't like the horror elements because she doesn't like horror, but she gets it. You know. So I I saw it twice. The second time uh, I saw it was I. Um, that's me yeah and um, and I, I think I noticed a few things uh, uh, the second time around that I didn't notice the first time around second time around yeah Sorry, I didn't jump the first time I saw it at all okay and I didn't jump the second time I saw it uh, obviously because I knew what was coming but um, but like I felt like there were there were horror tropes in there that didn't feel um, 100% fully horror like people are talking now about the mcu and uh, like specifically about dr strange and how it goes it pushes the pg-13 rating i don't think it pushes the pg-13 rating at all i didn't and jump either I, I i actually felt like it's it's using sam raimi's ability to chat it's the same thing with spider-man where you know right. and uh, the, the, the doc ock scene yeah or no i was i was gonna say the green goblin scene where he's dressed up as an old woman in the uh, kind of thing and he turns around and and that's like a jump scare that's a little quotes. bit hammier but like the um the sort of roaming camera um and the uh and the 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 kind of like playfulness 
and the sped up effects and, and stuff like that that he uh, that he utilized a lot in the Evil Dead movies and in Drag Me to Hell etc etc that you know there's a lot of that in that sequence um, where Doc Ock's on the operating table yeah um, and that's the uh, the sort of the go to scene that people talk about when they talk about Sam Raimi and Spider Man like Sam Raimi's like horror roots coming to f- to the fore and blah blah really blah. See it. Um, so uh, it, no, it's just a filmmaking style. It's the same as if uh, as if Edgar Wright were to make a comic book movie as he almost did uh, with Ant Man, and uh, and he would have put his signature style on it. Jump it would have, yeah, a lot of like jump cuts and you know, sort of like uh, sound effecty stuff, and you know. Um, you heard it here first. The technical term is sound effecty stuff. stuff. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, I I I think that um, possibly it pushes the PG thirteen rating for the MCU. All right. Um, but in general, um, if you know, Drag Me to Hell was rated PG thirteen. So uh, you know, if a thirteen year old can can manage to sit through Drag Me to Hell without getting scarred and running home to his mummy crying, um, then uh, then you know, then then kids can go and see uh, Doctor Strange and and they will be fine. You know, I, I think I think there's uh, I I think that maybe this generation is a little bit wimpy. Ooh. I mean, think about that. You know, I saw Temple of what Doom. What a contentious thing to say in today's climate. Oh no, am I going to get cancelled? Oh, wouldn't want that, would we? Well, the thing is that I, I remember seeing Temple of Doom when I was a little kid, and um, and that was rated PG in England. And I I know that it got the PG thirteen rating in the states, um, but I mean, you know, PG, you know, anybody could watch PG. It was parental guidance, but uh, but okay. parents parents used to see the PG rating and go, oh, that's that's fine, you can watch that. Um, but if it pushed the boundaries of the rating as uh, as Temple of Doom did, then uh, you know the, the guy's heart gets pulled out of his chest. I mean that's, that's pretty pretty uh, violent for a, for a PG rated movie. Um, I wasn't scarred for life from that. You know, I don't no, know. Um, listen, I mean, you know, there are a lot of movies that I um, you know was frightened of, as we've established, and you know, the, yeah. I, I haven't come out the worst for wear, have I? <laughs> oh dear. All right, point taken. I'm talking bullshit. No, so I, I love the, uh, the the Sam Raimi tropes, um, the, the the sort of the horror elements that he brought into it. There's a lot of really good stuff. Those like Dutch angles and the, you know, the the kind of like push in on the slamming door that's like sped up and et cetera, et cetera. Um, it, it really adds to the uh, to the movie. But I also noticed quite a lot of the superhero stuff that he brought to the Spider-Man movies. Um, the building at the beginning. The so the, yeah, so the opening. Okay, the opening sequence is a is a, is a dream sequence. But uh, after that, Doctor Strange goes to Christine's wedding, and there's a little there's a little bit of some corny dialogue there, like the exchange between uh, between Christine and 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 Doctor Strange is kind of you know a little bit cringy. And then um, they hear that there's commotion going on outside, and he goes to the balcony. And he pulls out his his cloak by what is it like a, his tie? I think it was his tie or something. Yeah. yeah, and he pulls it out, whips it round, and um, and it like uh, it curls itself around his collar. And then he jumps like, off the balcony and like magics his uh, his Doctor Strange outfit, um, you know, brilliant. underneath the cloak. And it, you know, and it's kind of like that that moment that you don't see a lot in superheroes in superhero movies nowadays. You don't see that kind of da 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 moment. You know, the, you did get a lot of that with Iron Man, where he would suit up. Iron Man, yes, but we're we're also talking about like you know 
10, 12 years ago now. So um, I'm, I'm talking about of late. Like, it, a lot of those movies don't really sort of focus on the superhero saving people kind of mm. uh, kind of aspect of the superhero movie. That kind of pump your fist in the yeah, air kind of Yeah, because there's the stakes are always very, very high at the moment. You know, in right. In these movies. Yeah. And, and, then, and then you've got the sequence at the beginning of Doctor Strange where... Um, you know, sort of early 2000s uh, superhero movies, kind of uh, like that kind of um, uh, atmosphere coming into the uh, into this into this movie in, in 2022, which is obviously Sam Raimi's influence that you have that kind of da 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 moment and um, and, you know, pumping your fist in the air and he's going to save a girl. He doesn't know that she's uh, that she's like a interdimensional traveler or she's from another multi- she's from another universe or whatever um he just knows that she's in trouble and that's like this really great like you know this really great moment that reminded me of uh of like the first spider-man movie there was something that reminded you of spider-man 2 which was when they're fighting this monster in that sequence up the building yeah and, yeah and, and doc ock was like doc ock climbs up the building and the fight you know and the uh the the sort of one-eyed octopus also goes up the you know the building yeah um, and, uh, and, and, and I like the fact that, you know, it, it's not just the, um, the sort of orangey, uh, spheres that he's conjuring up now. He conjures up a pair of hands yeah. that grab a, uh, a, a, a sort of street lamp and, you know. Yeah. That's some really great, um, use of magic in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you know, and one of the spheres becomes a saw and he saws the, the bus in half that's like hurtling towards him. Uh, and he pokes the, you know, uses the, uh, the, the street lamp to poke the octopus's eye out. And there's that like great, like kind of ew sequence where the eye kind of falls out and like poof, yeah on the, gross. yeah um and and that's sam raimi that's sam raimi doing his like uh, big brother thing uh we were we were at my sister's yesterday and she reminded me of the uh of the rat in the bed and the oh, and the, the you know right. the rubber spider and whatever yeah. and um and that that's basically what sam raimi's doing with the uh, with the audience he's kind of like pulling their pigtails yeah he's like bit. grossing them out yeah exactly and, and and he's been doing that ever since evil dead um, and the and obviously the we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the bullying of uh, of Bruce Campbell that was his uh, yeah. that was his thing that he used to put it, it kind of like um, uh, Tim Burton splattering blood all over Johnny Depp constantly. Yeah, that was yeah. his thing. He's that he thought it was fun to splatter him with blood, and he wanted to see how far he could push him. And um, and Bruce Campbell gets beaten up over the years in uh, in all of his cameos in Sam Raimi movies and obviously in the Evil Dead trilogy and uh, possibly in Ash vs the Evil Dead, which I haven't seen yet, but I will. Um, yeah, and um, and it, it's no different in this movie. He gets beaten up quite quite a lot, but he likes to sort of pull the pigtails of the audience, and that is his uh, his sort of showmanship. And I think it was a it was a real shame that he's uh, he sort of dropped off the uh, the map in the last. Uh, nine years or so he hasn't made a movie since Oz the Great and Powerful and that wasn't yeah. great and the movie that he made before that was Drag Me to Hell which was a massive return to form for him like returning to the horror genre for the first yeah. time in a long time um, and I love Drag Me to Hell and it's the movie that we're going to review next week so uh, stay tuned yeah, for that watch the space yeah um, so so yeah as, Raimi as a filmmaker um, he does have to to make some concessions uh, because he is working within a larger framework and a larger, um, so he's working. No, it's for definitely the, an MCU movie. Yeah, he's working for the corporation, but he he is allowed to to let his Sam Raiminess shine through in the various aspects that we that we know of him. Um, so uh, so yeah, I I really enjoyed that that aspect of the movie that it's very clearly a Sam Raimi yeah. movie. Uh, it's not 
overtly a Sam Raimi movie. Um, you know, well, it, it's not like gross out, and it's it's not, like it's not drag me scary. to hell. Yeah. But um, but he brings in certain elements, and fans of Sam Raimi will definitely uh, will definitely notice that and sort of perk up to it. I want to talk about the uh, Illuminati sequence. All right. Because here that that kind of follows on from what I was saying, um, in in that Sam Raimi had to make certain concessions for the uh, for the MCU. Yeah, um, I feel like the Illuminati sequence was kind of tacked on. Um, to me, it feels like it was from out of a different movie because everything in the movie kind of stops for that sequence. There's a bunch of cameos in there, and the, and the, the difference between the first time I saw the movie and the second time I saw the movie was that the American audience that I saw it with were cheering at every cameo and every single little uh, That would have Easter just egg. pissed me off. It would have really annoyed me if I'd have um, been in the cinema when they were doing that. And in the, sec- the second time I saw it, without Sorry. having... Americans, can you stop being happy about everything <laughs> out loud, please? It's right. really inconvenient. Um, the... The second time I saw the movie, there, there wasn't any of that. And the uh, the cameos weren't a surprise to me anymore. And quite frankly, I wasn't excited by the cameos when I when I first saw it either. Because I wasn't privy to the John Krasinski uh, discussion. I didn't really care. Um, you know, I, I I didn't like particularly the uh, the Tim Story uh, Fantastic Four movies. And yeah. by all accounts, Fant Four Stick is bollocks and i haven't seen it yet anyway so um i wasn't privy to that i haven't seen what if yet so um but i had seen certain promotional images of captain carter um and you know and and seeing patrick stewart um wheel in didn't fill me with the warm fuzzies either it didn't really like not, not even the x-men music from no the TV show. I, I never watched the x-men tv show well, i did that was my son but I, i've seen yeah. i look i you know back in in 2000 i think it was i went to see x-men and it was the f- one of the first uh, great comic book movies in in amongst sort of you know Spider Man that came out two years later and Blade yeah. that came out a couple of years before it, um, so it was it was one of those landmark movies and I have been an X Men fan ever since then, um, but you know seeing him come into the MCU, I think after seeing No Way Home, I think I was all cameoed out to be honest. Um, yeah, it's it's the new fad, isn't it? Um, yeah, but it, like, I would really love it if John Krasinski was actually cast as Reed fine. Richards because just because of how he brings an earnestness to most roles that he takes on. Gravitas, yeah, gravitas as well. But it's like you know, he forget Jim from The Office for a second, right? You know, if you've never seen Jack Ryan. I saw Jack um, Ryan, and I've also seen that. A Quiet Place. Um, and Quiet I think Place he's, as well. He's not only a, a very skilled actor, he's a very, he's a very skilled, skilled writer director. And, a direct, and director as well, yeah. Um, and, and there's even... You know what? A Quiet Place is a, is a better example, even, of how he says a lot with, you know... Nothing. His face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no... Di- um, very and, little dialogue in that movie. And I think that one of my problems with Reed Richards from, uh, you know, you and the Griffith... Um, from... <laughs> Eoan Gruffords. That's what his name is. It's Ewan Griffith. Ewan Griffith. Yeah. Um, um, Ewan. Ewan. So, Ewan Griffith. Ewan Griffiths. Who, who, (laughs) how long can we keep going around in circles on his name? Um, You know, is that, I just didn't Yeah, it's spelled Ewan Grufford. That's why I I didn't give a shit about him. Um, And and he was, you know, also Jessica Alba. And I think that if they could convince... I'm not one of those crazy fanboys who's like, oh yeah, let's get John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to play like, you know, Reed yeah. Richards and Sue Storm. That would be really cool, right? 
And this cameo is cool on its own, but he would be really good casting for it. Forget her. For it a would second. be really, would good, be really casting, good casting, but I didn't think in the overall. Um... It wasn't. It wasn't a. The whole sequence was. I didn't feel it was tacked on, but I felt like it didn't go anywhere that the movie needed to be taken right. in that direction. Like, Which is why I felt like it was tacked on. It, I, I you felt know what like it, it did was it. It solidified. The the thing that it did was solidify Wonder as the monster, right? Yeah, because there is that she comes in. And she brutally murders characters that everybody's very, very attached to. But because it's in another universe, it doesn't matter, right? Which is which is the yeah. the horrible conceit of of multiverse, right? You so know? that that's what I wanted to say about multiverse. The multiverse is the uh, is the MCU's Deus Ex Machina, and and I think also yeah. in in the DCEU when they're gonna you know start with Flashpoint and all that stuff, um, it's it's a way of first of all bringing back anybody that's ever played any of those characters again. And it's also a way of, it's a get out of jail free card because we think at the end of this movie that Wanda might be dead, right? There's a flash of red, uh, of red magic, um, you know, just before the building completely collapses on her that suggests that she might have escaped. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, if, if they did intend to kill her off in Doctor Strange, they could always bring back a variant uh, from another universe. I don't think they intended to simply because there are rumors that she's in the Agatha Harkness series. Right. Like, I think, and also, I think that there's there's more for her to do. I think that now that she's had her her sort of fall, she's never had a rise. You know, she's right. had only a fall. Now, now I think it's time for the Scarlet Witch to rise as a hero, which is right. what she is in the Avengers. Right. But my point is that um, that they that exactly as you said that they killed off a whole bunch of characters in uh, in a in an alternate universe in eight three eight or six one six six one six six one six is this universe and that's right. significant eight three eight because because um, the Earth in the comics that is considered canonical mm-hmm. is. Um, is six one six right? So the so the, the the that's why when we watched the movie and they said six, your Doctor Strange six one six right. I went okay. So the, oh nice right. So the alternate universe is eight three eight that they're, that they're in right. Yeah. Um. So uh, so the eight three eight variants are easily killoffable because. You know, because you can always bring in uh, Peggy Carter from another universe, and you can always bring in John Krasinski playing uh, playing uh, Reed Richards. Um, you know, from another universe, like it, it really doesn't matter. It's a get out of jail. Well, free what card. does matter is what happens in six one six. Of course, the, that's the point. Of course, what they've done because they've established that um, Pro- uh, Professor Xavier looks the same in all universes, so Patrick Stewart can't die ever. That's a problem, um, but also. You know the fact that um, Stephen Strange looks the same in all of his universes. It, so that's it, what that's what I wanted to ask you. That John Krasinski does, you know, in all the. So know. that's what I wanted to ask you. Why do all of the characters in this movie have variants that look exactly the same as them, as opposed to uh, in Loki and in um, in Spider Man No Loki. Way Home? Yeah, go on. So in in Loki, <clears throat> like it's not spoiling it to say that that like you know, Loki takes place in the multiverse. Um, you know, there's a lot of like uh, universe hopping and whatnot, um, and all of his uh, variants are played by different people. And there's even an alligator. Um, well, I mean, in Into the Spider Verse, you've got like you know. Spider-Man Noir and you've exactly, got... Uh, exactly, uh, and you have No Way Home. In No Way Home, you've got uh, you've got Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, right? Why so it's are very all inconsistent. Of the, yeah, big, why are all of the strangers Benedict Cumberbatch? Big shock. It's very inconsistent. I don't know. It shouldn't be, because we're talking about the MCU. They're, they're like, very No, but specific. they're now dealing with the multiverse, and what they're doing with the multiverse is they're trying to cash grab with cameos. And when right. they... when 
you know, if you're focusing on cameos and not on logic or story or whatever, look, it was a lot of fun to see the original Spider-Man, Spider-Men. Right. Um, you know, back back in there. But they were more or less essential to the plot, I think, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing about the Illuminati sequence is that it could easily have been lifted out of the movie. The only loose thread there is Christine. Christine is the only thing that carries over from the Illuminati sequence into the third act of the movie. Um, so, so quite frankly, I, I think they could have taken it out. Um, but yeah. anyway, it's also it, the, the color palette looks different. It it's uh, it it goes a little bit more sci-fi as opposed to horror in certain places. That the tunnel sequence obviously is a, is an integral part, and it's great, and it's very Sam Raimi, and it's very sort of it's fun you know, to look at, stalk and slash kind of thing. Yeah, um, and it's fun to look at. But I I just think all of that stuff involving the Illuminati was a little bit superfluous. I, I didn't I didn't massively enjoy that whole sequence just because. Uh, also Mordo um, it's very very strange because it's strange it's strange in the uh, in in the first movie Mordo says you know that he's gonna kill all magicians you know he's gonna he's right you know he's gonna you wanted the the uh, the 616 payoff I wanted the 616 payoff I I thought that's what we were getting um, from the trailers Um, and it it just sort of bugged me because because I like the fact that Wanda is is the main antagonist but you know now with what they've done with the mid credit sequence uh with Charlie's Theron yeah um, you know they're sort of introducing secret wars and possibly and you know there's like a lot of there's a lot of like incursions and and dark dimensions and there's going to be more Dormammu probably yeah the Mordo strange show, uh, face-off needs to happen at some point because they were friends and now they're not. And, right. you know, it's dramatic. And this was very strange just to see him in another a variant of him and they're fighting and then nothing really happens with it. And it's sort of like, it's, it's just sort of like a fart in a cupboard. It doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> very good. Um, yeah. No, so I, I if, if we're going to, if we're already talking about that. The Charlize Theron cameo, I thought, should have either been the end of the movie, um, or, like, it should have been either or. The, the current scene at the end of the movie um, is he's walking down the street, and you see that he's been affected by the Darkhold, and his third eye opens in his forehead, and he screams, and that's the yeah. end of the movie. And then you have another scene where he's, again, walking down the street. And he's fine. And he's fine. So it, it kind of, like, buggered that whole um, sort of coda to me. Uh, and, and I think that either the, uh, the mid credit scene should have been the end of the movie, or, or, or not at all. Um, it, it doesn't quite work. I just yeah. don't understand why she had to interact with him because there were a lot of Thanos um, scenes where he was not interacting with any of the characters from, from the, right. you know, continuity or whatever. And he was like, you know, fine, I'll do it myself, you know. But it's, as you she say, it's, it's like, it's cameo hunger. They're, they're just like yeah. sort of, sort of grabbing. Hey, look who, look who we cast to play this character yeah, exactly. that you all really like. Exactly. Yeah, clear. Who is yeah. she supposed to be? Doctor Strange's uh, uh, wife. His squeeze. Yes. Yes. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, look to the casual viewer, that doesn't mean anything, and it didn't uh, mean anything to anyone, right? Uh, and and also, no, right. but I mean, to the casual viewer, it was just like, hey, Charlie Theron is in the MCU. Yeah, she's gone from Fast and Furious to MCU. Hey, there you go. While uh, Brie Larson went to Fast and Furious, do you think they're exchanging actors? Like, Might be. Uh, they could be swapping like the, them like top trumps, like the or like the <laughs> studios used to do in the Golden Age. So yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't love that uh, that post credit scene. I didn't also, like the second one either. The second one is a big problem because. Uh, uh, it's first of all, I I don't I don't think that uh, I think it's it's more about Sam Raimi abusing Bruce Campbell than it is uh, strange. So I I think that was just unnecessarily harsh on that character, and I thought that the it's kind of a, a slapsticky comedy kind of uh, post credit sequence that really isn't worth waiting for. I think I think that you have to know by now as a as an MCU director that. Everybody's waiting to... Not everybody, but most people are waiting to see what is... While the cinema staff stand at the bottom of the stairs looking at you in a surly Yeah, fashion. like they're waiting for you to leave. So if you're getting surly looks... Doing the sonic foot tap. Exactly. <laughs> if, if you're getting that shit, you want it to be good. Like, you sat through a million VFX houses, right? And all the names of the people who worked on the movie. And, you know, all, all the other different things that go into making a film. And, you know... You want something good. Now, it doesn't have to be amazing, but like I said to Johnny, oh, sorry, I said to you um, in the uh, in the cinema, that was absolute fucking rubbish. Like, wh- that, what a waste of my life. Right. Like, yeah. why? And I said, like, there was, there were, they don't always have to mean something. They don't always have to tease something. Like, but, but they should, they should have some kind of meaning in the MCU or something. Right. Like, you know, there, there was that thing where, Sa- uh, not Sam, where uh, Stan Lee was talking to the Watchers in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And we'd never seen the Watchers on film before. Um, yeah, that, you know, w- that so... would be like if they uh, if they had the Court of Owls in a post-credit sequence in the Batman. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, just, just something that shows that, oh, these characters from the comics that you know are in this universe. You know, yes. like, that's really cool. Hey, nerds, this is for you. I don't really give a shit about Bruce Campbell being smacked about by his own hands. So I wanted to read you this. This is, uh, this is an article that I read called um, Justice for Pizza Popper. Doctor Strange 2's working class hero reveals the real villain of the MCU. And it's a Collider article by a guy called Rusper Name. Uh, he says... Is that a real name or not, do you think? Uh, it might be a pen name. All right, go on. Uh, hopefully the MCU will try to right the horrific wrongs caused by Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness. And it seems only fair that Peter Popper receives the recognition he deserves. Maybe a six-episode Disney Plus show about the frustrations of heroes trying to take money out of his hands. Maybe an origin story... Pizza Popper and the Legend of the Ten Slices. Or uh, Pizza Popper and Crust Mania. Maybe he can be the personal chef of Star-Lord, Groot, Drax, or Rocket Raccoon and the rest of the gang, Guardians of the Galaxy Cheese. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy Cheese, Volume 3. Marvel needs to condemn the actions of Doctor Strange and put the spotlight on Pizza Popper. It might sound cheesy, but he's the hero we need. Right, now, you're saying that's tongue-in-cheek. Yes. But there are idiots out there who will read that and, and then go, start a petition. Yes. And there'll be 800,000 signatures on it. <laughs> this is why I get shitty about this sort of thing. Right. He's 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 tongue-in-cheeking it, but yep. there are people who are going, he's onto something. We're part of the Empire Group, and people sometimes post um, screen idol and uh, Onion articles and things like that that are 
in jest <laughs> that are satirical and then you get a whole load of comments answering in in seriousness of like this motherfucker why does he have this like whatever um and i i just find that hilarious but anyway uh this guy um uh, actually has a point because um stranger's reaction <laughs> is quite what, disproportionate just beat the shit out of himself yeah, for a week yeah. for two for three two, weeks three weeks, three weeks yeah um that and then it, how little i cared like yeah <laughs> No, I don't know. I, it just, it's, just, it's just kind of a, a shitty little addition, and that's probably Sam Raimi's fault, but anyway. It was just a waste of my time. It was a waste of everybody's time, and I was like, maybe there should be something else. Yeah, maybe there should be something else at the end of this movie. I, I think it just should have ended with him screaming and the uh, the third eye opening. Yeah. What did we think about the third eye, by the way? I didn't think it looked that convincing. It, the effects for it aren't good. I was talk about that All right. Um, do you have any uh, favorite sequences that you want to talk about? Um, I re- as I said, I really enjoyed them uh, being pulled through the multiverse. Yeah, thing that's that that's do. in all the trailers, and uh, yeah. and it's a pretty great. But scene, seeing yeah. the whole sequence is yeah. is really cool. Yeah, um, I like how he um, you know, fights his uh dark self using musical, musical notes. notes. That's a great sequence. That sequence was just beautifully made like i was like yeah. watching that just also i love sinister strange i think he's a yeah. great like he, he played him so well but it was just like this whole thing where where you know you see the the notes flying through the air and and it's like th- and it, like, this it, is it, why it i love plays the out, Doctor the, strange it plays out movies. musical it's, notes yeah, as well, yeah it's just you it, can do anything you can do anything and they did yeah and it was really imaginative and and, and so there's that and then there's the thing where he's um, you know, uh, possessing his zombie. So that's my favorite sequence. Is the is? Oh, I'm supposed to choose one. Sorry. No, no. Either way. No, no. Point of stepped on your toes there, didn't I? No, no. It doesn't matter. Um. So yeah, that's that's my favorite sequence. I I, I think the, anyone in the West Country, I cannot apologize enough. The uh the, I think that's uh that's probably the my favorite sequence and the 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 sequence that comes just behind it is the uh, the musical note sequence yeah. but like strange possessing uh defender strange as he's called uh the corpse of the uh of the other universe strange with the ponytail um is uh is great and and they don't shy away from showing him his like face is rotting away and everything well, yeah um and then he creates a cloak for himself out of, out of the souls of the damned brilliant who are, who are like yelling at him to you know, to because he's like violated uh, laws, the, nature, the, laws yeah, the laws of nature. Of nature. I love that shit, man. It's so good. I'm it's with great. you. I love. Yeah. I was like, we were watching the film. And I'm like, is that cloak of hands? That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's really great, and he looks like a bat. You know, he does. It's so good. And yeah. and you know, then he's fighting Wanda, and she calls him a hypocrite. I love when she calls him a hypocrite. Yeah. It's a great moment. But he's like uh, dream walking into his uh, into his corpse. Yeah, she's like. <laughs> You know, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Which it is. It's yeah. great. It's so good. So, yeah, there are a few sequences I really enjoyed. And the attack on uh, Kamataj. Uh, less so. Like, less. less so? Uh, yeah, just because I knew that she was going to rip them a new one. And also, I, th- I just think that they, they took their time with it. I, I, like, I like the second half of the attack on Kamataj where, you know, she's coming through the water and. And the mirrors, all the reflections. Yeah, you know, that's, 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 that's really yeah. cool. Just the whole thing where she's outside. And, you know, Wong says to Strange, be delicate with her. And he goes up there and he's predictably an absolute asshole. And then he comes right. back down and he's like, did my best. Like, 
It's always... Sorcerers, fortify your minds. Street countdown. Street countdown. You really should tell more people about it. It's great. <laughs> so I really had a ball with this movie. I enjoyed seeing it twice. Um, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing I, it once. <laughs> I enjoyed it the first time. I enjoyed seeing it with you as well. Um, I think it's time to uh, hear a little bit of trivia. So let's take a visit to Trivia, trivia Corner. Elizabeth Olsen flew to London to work on this film just two days after she finished filming WandaVision. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. She's like... So she it. was in the zone already, which yeah. is... So, you know, anybody talking about inconsistency, she went Fuck literally from WandaVision into this, okay? The one-eyed tentacle monster in the film is known in the Marvel comics as Shuma Gorath, who was named from a phrase in the Robert E. Howard story, The Curse of the Golden Skull, published... Uh, in 1967. Due to rights issues between Marvel and Howard's estate, the film has the monster renamed Gargantos after a sea monster in the Marvel comics. Did you know that? No. Do you care? A little, actually, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, this is composer Danny Elfman's 16th comic book feature after working on the Tim Burton Batman films, Dick Tracy, Darkman, the Men in Black series, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, Hulk, Wanted, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Avengers Age of Ultron, and uh, Joss Whedon's Justice Unfortunately, League. Unfortunately, I didn't really feel the Elfman. I didn't feel the Elfman, but I felt it had a... I, I enjoyed the score. I made a it note of fine. enjoying the score. And when I saw his name in the end credits, I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't really, you know, I didn't really feel very uh, Elfman. Didn't feel there was one, there was one, like in the movie that like, uh, that kind of sounded a little bit Elfman-ish. Uh, and I thought, maybe I'll I notice it more the second time around. Yeah. I, I thought to myself, hmm, maybe it's Danny Elfman, but I didn't, you know, subconsciously. Sam Raimi's own 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 car makes a cameo in the decaying universe of evil Doctor Strange. The car has appeared in all the Sam Raimi movies. Now I was looking for it mm. and I missed it oh. both times. Um, but apparently, it's in the uh, it's in the uh, the sort of the, the decaying universe. So there you go. Cool. Crazy uh, directing casting <laughs> with K's. <laughs> Crazy director casting with K's. Uh, Ari Aster, Mike Flanagan, and Jennifer Kent were in the running to direct the movie after Scott Derrickson left. Hmm, Mike Flanagan would have been an interesting choice. Ari Aster would have made this hard R. Yeah, <laughs> like very disturbing. Uh, anyway, that's all I've got. That was trivia. Trivia. Right, so here's 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 my problem, right? Is that Yeah, you were talking to me about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So VFX Attic is no longer open to us anymore. Why um, is that? Well the Is it the same it, thing that happened to the tagline game? No, this one actually has a reason for it. Um the uh the uh the stairs Tagline game has a reason for it. No, but I mean in universe. You're bored of it. No, in universe. <laughs> okay. I'm not bored of it. You're not bored of it? I'm going to keep doing it? you fucker. I didn't say I'm bored of it. You said I'm bored of it. And I said no. And then you said, right, I'm retiring the diamond. Well, it just just seems like you were like, every time I came up with it, you're just like, oh. But that's my fucking shtick, innit? Oh, it's your shtick. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And VFX Attic has an in-universe reason for it disappearing is because Bartholomew has packed everything up and taken it away. And, uh, oh, is that why you said? Universe. Is that why you said roll that intro, please, instead of uh, roll the intro, Balthorne? Yeah, we're not. We're not talking about him anymore. He's gone. Oh, he who must not be named. Yeah, exactly. Right, gotcha. Um, so here's here's a uh, the same segment exactly, but with a different jingle and a different name. Okay, off you go. Come with me and step into the spine tingling terror of size rambling cavalcade of madness. <laughs> Well, I'm officially spine tingled. <laughs> okay, that what, we're going with that now. You you can't turn back. <laughs> Fuck! I've got to remember that next time at all. What was it? 
<laughs> and the mic has fallen on him again. Oh, that's just brilliant. You're, 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 you're just a fucking Smashing genius tonight, tonight, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. Your, your um, pop filter's oh, gone a little oh. high. <laughs> right. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> having completely forgotten what it was. Um, okay. So, there's something that I've kind of got with the MCU movies now, where they're using... And it's not just the MCU movies. It's every movie that's a CG fest. They're using CG doubles all the time. Yeah. And sometimes it's to great effect. In Doctor Strange 1, I thought it was quite good. Um, but there's a couple of shots where, I don't know, like there's a thing in the, the opening sequence that we were talking about with Gigantodorus, whatever his name is. Um, and, um, you know, Benedict Wong is is thrown, uh, you know, into a car. Ah, I noticed that, yeah. And it's very janky and the shading is off. And, and it like, even in that very quick sequence, I could see that it wasn't composited very well. And there's like a... You know, a quick shot where it, it sort of zooms in, uh, like it cuts to a different angle of him and then he's reacting to hitting the car that he was thrown into. It also fe- it felt very sort of, you know, slapped together. And there's a few shots like that where there are, you know, uh, CG doubles being used. Um, all the magic effects, like, as I said, like the, the music battle thing is brilliant. Um, the The... I'm overall, I was very, very happy with, you know, the effects in the movie. I think in a movie like this, where you're dealing with sorcerers, there's guns to be some CG, right? Like, right. Like, the opening sequence, um, I noticed that uh, that when Benedict Cumberbatch and, uh, and uh, what's her name, Sochi Gomez, um, they're, they're running, and then they yeah. they jump, and, and they then do they that land. flailing yeah, arm terrible. thing. And it's obviously wire work, and and it's yeah, uh, it's not it very well put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and I noticed that right from the off. But to be honest, like I mean, I, that kind of it doesn't always bother me anymore. It doesn't take me out of it. It's just that, listen. I mean, part of what I do is I look at movies and I go, hey, that's really good VFX work, or it's not good VFX work, you know. Right, and right, I'm o- I'm yeah. often looking at listen when we were looking at the the tentacled uh, creature at the beginning. Yeah. Um. The I was just dazzled by the amount of detail and how gross it looked, and you know, like the the tentacles. There's a shot where it sort of uh, wraps around. I'm gonna say her name wrong, Soshi Gomez, um, and uh, you know, th- there's like all the suckers are right up close on the camera, and you got some great specular detail on there. You've got amazing, you know, work with the sculpting. I'm seeing that, and and the animation's really good. So. You know, all of that is tied together really nicely. And, and you can tell that they obviously had certain shots where they had enough budget and certain shots where... Or time. Or time. Because I'm wondering also what parts of the movie were, were part of the reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, the uh, I saw an interview with Elizabeth Olsen. She wasn't in the same room as them? Yeah, she wasn't in the same room as the Illuminati, yeah. She never met Which, John which makes a lot of sense because there, there's barely any shots where... Their sharing frame, right? Yeah, um, and you know, look. I mean, also the the, the way that she kills, uh, you know, Reed Richards, and she sort of turns him to spaghetti or whatever it is that she does to him is is both comical and horrific at the same time. And yeah, it's imaginative, and you know, I just I I love all the magic effects. Like I know that a lot of that is just a lot of two D, you know, compositing of of these different elements and and whatnot, but they do. Well, and but the also it works really, really well. It. Yeah. it works really well with the finger movements and and how they're doing it, and it doesn't ever feel 
like they're not pulling energy from you know wherever the energy right. comes from so it's really great um and you know just just kind of like i didn't feel that there were any effects that didn't tie into the scene even at the end where they're fighting in this sort of temple thing they've got the arms coming out of his back the cloak and he's a zombie and they've got america chavez you know with like her, her stars flying at you know the multiverse right. um portals and all that there's a lot going on and i never felt that anything wasn't like reflecting properly or that you know lights that were coming off of the magic wasn't being reflected on their faces or on the floor like i didn't notice anything like that so I thought everything was composited and tied down really, really nicely. Um, but yeah, the, I, I'm starting to think like I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed with the body doubles. I know that like they, I know that you can't always do everything, but there are certain things that you could do with a stunt double. I mean, the body doubles have always been an issue, though. What CG body doubles? Yeah, CG yeah, body they have doubles. been. They have been, but I thought that they did a really, really convincing job. Like in in the first one, um, there were a lot of moments that were completely CG that did not need to be CG at all, but I didn't know they were CG. Like, the thing where uh, Strange throws that um, that sort of uh, contraption on uh, Mads Mikkelsen that sort of, you know, constricts him and whatever, that whole thing is a CG shot. It's a CG Mag- Mads Mikkelsen. All he's doing is moving in a robotic way. The actor could have done that. Right. Um, and they could have just composited the CG element on top. The, the whole thing was... Re- a lot of that fight is... Even Doctor Strange is CG in a lot of those shots. And you can't tell. It's pretty damn dope. And the shots... The, the the environments are all CG because you've got, like, bits sliding over each other. So the way that they recreate physical environments that are actually sets that are then being... Or maybe they're not. I don't know. I can't tell anymore. And that's, that's the magic, right? Right. But then when I see something like that, maybe I'm being too harsh. Right? Because, you know, you're sort of looking at it and you're going, okay, so look, they've done all these other things that are great. And then you're going to get annoyed about that one thing. And, like, it's not fair because it's it's a lot of hard work. But if I've got a nitpick on something, it's guns to be the CG bottle double. Bubble bubble, bubble doubles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, leave that in. Why not? Yeah. Anyway, um, I can't remember what I called this (laughs) segment. Is that what you got? CG body doubles. Bottle doubles. Well, I mean, what, what else would you like? Would you like me to comment on something specific? No, I just I was just wondering if that was all you had. Yes. Okay. All right then. Do the jingle. <laughs> Come with me and step into the spine-tingling terror of size rambling calvacade of madness. <laughs> so I will just okay. Note again. to self: replay jingle from before. <laughs> <laughs> Until I learn it. We'll right. Do it every week. Yeah. Well, that was our discussion on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. If you enjoyed that, you can check out the rest of our episodes. We're hosted by Podbean. We're also on Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon, Listen Notes, and Pocket Casts, and probably other uh, platforms that we don't know about. Um, so uh, check us out. Please feel free to give us a like uh, and a subscribe and maybe a review. That Comment. would really, really yeah. help us out. Uh, it helps with the algorithms. It helps spread us about. So if you've been listening for a few episodes and you haven't done it yet, we forgive you, but please do it now. Also, you can join our Twitter page. It's at uh, what seat number. And you can join our Facebook page at what's our seat number. One of the things that we do on the Facebook page is we add little extras and little bits that you hadn't seen or heard on the in the episode. And sometimes when I do episode art, I uh, upload the speed draw to there. 
So there you go. And also you can check out uh, Cygross Art on Twitch if you want to see some of that stuff happening in real time. Thank you for the plug, Johnny. I appreciate that. Yeah. So next week we're going to be talking about our um, one of our favorite Sam Raimi movies, Drag Me to Hell. You shame me. And now you want my help. Oh dear. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So tune in. Um, it's either next week or two weeks or whenever the hell we manage to get this thing together. If we're not sick, we're quite consistent. But we are sick a lot. We are sick a lot. It's uh, well, the kids have been sick as well, and you know, it's the, the, excuses, the kids excuses, get it. The roll the outro. It. Get it. All right then. All right, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. What's our seat number? <laughs>